Welcome to Donversations. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Donversations. One word. Capital D. Here we go for another round. Stuff coming up. Stay right here. Again, welcome to Donversations, the podcast where I converse about all sorts of stuff. For those of you who listen, let me know on Twitter and if there's uh, content or other things that you'd like to hear my thoughts on. Because honestly, I mean, I do have a lot of things I am capable of talking on, but the reason, part of the reason I don't, and I haven't done this as much is because I sometimes find it hard to find enough things that I'm passionate about and interested in. But I want to keep this up and going for those of you who who like to listen to it. So let me know what kind of things you might like to hear thoughts on. And as we get started, I want to thank everybody who listens. I know that even with the YouTube purge, there's still plenty of other voices and platforms and content out there that you can listen to to get information or thoughts. So I appreciate everyone who listens to this. It's still something that's causing a ton of debate, this whole thing with Steven Crowder and people disagreeing or attacking with uh, people who are defending Crowder. There's all sorts of... content out there as far as reasons but it basically seems to me like the counter argument to people defending Crowder that's mostly being used is that it's not okay to attack someone based on their gender orientation or sexual orientation, I should add. I mean, it doesn't... The sexual orientation doesn't necessarily have as much to do with uh, gender identity stuff. I don't... At least not in the context of this particular piece of the conversation. But there's this whole idea that you can't... 
being put out that it the counter the the counter argument is that if it's insulting or derogatory it's offensive and not okay and the thing about making that argument is It's a it's a multi-layered logic trail, and I, I think sometimes that argument is made by people who just don't realize that, you know, the internet's not necessarily a safe space, and there's going to be derogatory... Um, mocking or potentially insultory content. The problem with using terms like that is and the reaction is sometimes it's oversensitive and the definitions are biasly subjective. You have to look at things at it, it as rational adults on a platform. You have to look at things as often as is reasonable objectively. I mean, I can't t tell you the number of times I've had someone in a day co-worker or, or um, make comments about me that can be viewed as derogatory or insultory I had a co-worker you know, tease me about being white Because they are Hispanic. And that's not no a slight on their race. I want to be clear about that. That's not me making fun of them. That's just saying I don't I know it's meant as just kind of lighthearted BS humor. So that's the way I take it. And you can argue a lot about the freedom to read intent. But again, that's something where I think we tend to be too subjective. You can, when you're looking at it subjectively, you can read whatever intent you want to read. Or see whatever intent you want to see. But if you're looking at it and there's two things. There's looking at it and reacting in the moment in that. And there's also looking at it after it's happened. And I think the reason we tend to lean towards looking towards thing 
towards the intent subjectively by personal biased opinion is we go based off how it makes us feel or what is easiest based on our own biases and reaffirmation of worldview and of people. I think that's also to some extent why I'm seeing some folks on Twitter who are defending um, kind of getting attacked when defending what Cotter was doing. They're trying to be more objective. Again, that's not to say one way or the other what's right and what's wrong. By saying that they're trying to be objective, it's giving people the benefit of the doubt that they are well-intentioned. But by and large, we seem to assume that most people are not actually well-intentioned. It's kind of crazy to do that. I mean, really. So to get into the main pieces of content that I want to talk about today, I'm still seeing a fair bit of the whole... Hitler argument on Twitter platform on the Twitter platform and various responses and in some other places as well used for different reasons but mostly to I think argue against to basically shut down conversation. Um, I saw it in a kind of a religious thread. And I also saw it in, I had an exchange with someone about it in a more political, moral worldview thread. And that's the one I think I want to start with because the tweet that was sent to me was trying to find it here. It basically is going to be
a view that I think you'll see the logic is kind of lacking. I'm not going to give you the person's Twitter handle if that's something where you could easily go on to the onto my Twitter and find it anyway, so I'm not suggesting one way or the other to engage or not engage with this person or to I just want to more fully explain why using Hitler can be a disingenuous method of rhetoric. It said, it said the, uh, the reply to me was, quote, it's okay to be intolerant of your views as they are invalid. Can we all agree that we don't tolerate the views of Hitler? Unquote. Now, in the longer thread, this had to do with a response about them suggesting conservatives should be banned because they don't know how to do social media right. With the with a sarcastic insincere I think uh, sarcastic and insincere apology there's also a tweet from this same person about how because they are a liberal, their beliefs are virtuous, sound, and rooted in morality, that conservatives don't have a compass, and that fact alone renders their beliefs invalid. So there's, you kind of get an idea of the flavor and tone of this person's reasoning in that. But here's the thing, if you're going to talk about not tolerating the views of Hitler, the views of Hitler, you should probably n know what they are. In many ways, Hitler is the reason that many of these terms have become common in language today. Uh, Anti-Semitism, eugenics, genocide, racial supremacy, white supremacy.
he was literally at the head of a party that was called the National Socialist Party of Germany. And he was responsible for state-run and supported mass murder. Not state, I should say government, because military is part of, military works under government. He was an evil man. I don't think you're going to necessarily find too many people who are going to disagree with that. There were a lot of things that he did, a lot of views that he held, that you can kind of see correlations in... American culture. The other thing that he did was he created propaganda. He oppressed, imprisoned, tortured, and killed people who tried to counter him in the in Germany that were um, you know, writers and others. I mean, you see a lot of that in American culture still with all this calling of fake news and The way a lot of the news gets colored and how they tend to focus exclusively on one narrative. Presenting one narrative as fact is not really fact, it's just opinion. If you are running with one story, one narrative, and you're not presenting the fuller picture, and you're not being honest, that's not journalism, that's propaganda. That's... maybe activism. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the fuller context of activism is. I have thoughts on what it is, but that's not something I want to get into quite yet. But so the the views of Hitler are clearly labeled there. You see the you see correlations in culture today with different media outlets and their supporters. It seems to be. Primarily on the 
left side of the aisle. Going after people who hold a different view or espouse a different view or basically if you're going against the narrative, they try to shut you up and discredit you and they tr basically try to make you invisible. If you want to talk about eugenics and murder, you, there's a lot of that debate in the abortion versus uh, pro-life movement, um, anti-Semitism is a very real thing. It happens on both sides of the aisle. It would seem to me that a lot of the attacks happening against Jews, a lot of the rhetoric that's creating the same sort of environment as Hitler created is coming from the left side of the political party. Again, that's something where I want to be clear that there's... You could disagree. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to say that you're right. But there's... Some of these ideologies in, are alive and well. I mean, even look at the whole idea that Hitler... The, he was the head of a national socialist party. Many of the people, Democrats and others... Representatives actively call and support socialism. So I would be tempted if I got a chance to ask them to say, to ask them the question. And I think I already know the answer because it seems like the answer about <clears throat> socialism failing in other places is it just hasn't been tried right. Personally, I think that's a load of malarkey. I think it's more because now that they have power and influence, then they want to create a government system that works from the top down. And isn't accountable to the people. Which is completely opposite of the of why America was founded and how... The founders 
designed this nation to work. So next time you see somebody using Hitler in the political rhetoric, understand the implications that they're calling out, that they're implying on the person or group that they're saying is like Hitler or a Nazi or a I mean the whole thing just the label is the labeling thing that we have going on in our culture is really, really, really unhealthy. You can't be a united nation when you're creating all these divisions by egregious and excessive labeling. It doesn't end well. You end up with tribalism be rather than you know, a melting pot. You have to realize that people are people. Individuals are individuals. Some are going are to be decent people. Others are going to be Ignorant, arrogant, stupid. Bias, bully. You get, that's a, there's all kinds. You have to learn how to live with them and deal with them. But you can't just throw a label on one person or a bunch of labels on one person simply because you dislike them. Or because you want to pander to a particular group of people in order to retain power. That's the most vile and intellectually evil thing that happens with all this labeling from people who are in politics and out there in the public square. Because a lot of it's hypocritical. They, they want to call it on others, but ignore it when they're just as bad or sometimes even worse. It's just...
This is the way it's supposed to work, people. See, here's the thing you have to realize. About people who desire power. Once you give them that power, almost never will they willingly stick to parameters. They will will they will try to acquire more and they will not willingly give it back. I think the mistake we make is ignoring that fact or wishing to discredit and not believe it because we want to believe that there's inherencies in human nature. And there are, but it's also diverse. We assume certain people are inherently good. We assume certain people are inherently bad. The truth is, they're complex. They're, people can be both. The one thing all humans are not is perfect. You have to take an honest look at the nature of people... And through history, because there isn't anything that's been tried in the political theater as far as government or religion stuff or sexual practices or ultimately that hasn't been done before. And when it comes to the uh, political and moral stuff, and you read the history of it, the question you have to look at honestly is a, an answer is what happened? What was the outcome? That's why when people say, imply that socialism hasn't been tried right, it is a lie. There is no right way to try socialism on a large scale. I don't even know if there is one on a small scale. 
But you can see in history, socialist governments... don't tend to do very well. Things fall apart. It's a crazy assumption to make that by just implementing a completely different system that that's automatically going to fix everything. I think that's the assumption we make. And that's not to say that the system that was created and attempted to be implemented in the founding and function of America was perfect. I think that if you look at it, they did the best they could to make it as... good as humanly possible recognizing a number of different facts the the history of different types of government the moral nature and bent of humanity the moral and nature bent of governing Of running a government, of being in a government. That's, I think that's a big part of why the American system historically has held up and tended to work pretty well. It's because there's been more or less an understanding a balance and comprom- compromise there's been there's also been growth there's things that we had to change there's things that happen there's things that have happened historically that I think I I believe we're needed, and I, well, I mean, if you talk about the, the Civil War and the freeing of blacks and then the, the eventual, or I shouldn't say blacks, of African Americans, people of color, I don't want to say blacks because that might be considered racist, even though it's not. But if you look at the the growth that this country has had in I mean if you want to look at the civil war you don't I don't necessarily look at why it happened I look at what it resulted in it resulted in a fuller realization of what was written in the Constitution of understanding what it means that 
all people are created equal. And they have certain inalienable rights. That's what you see as the ultimate outcome of the the civil war the desegregation the the civil the, some of the different civil marches good changes can take a while because you have to realize you have you have to realize what they are you have to realize what they are how to get there and how to ultimately implement it and you have to look at there's all these different things I have to look at that you have to understand America it is a pretty good place. A lot of people most people say America is a great nation. <clears throat> I think it has the potential. I think right now there's a lot of things that are as far as the idea of it being of the American experiment that are out of balance um things being done, said, um, all these different things. There's, I think we've lost our way on understanding the difference between an inalienable right or you know, we don't understand that there's diff- a couple different types of rights. They, uh, the whole idea of rights has become synonymous with it being inherent. We no longer seem to distinguish what kind of right it is, or even if it is a right. And some of the implication of people in American government right now, some of the the the, res, the logic is to tell people is to have people believe that
individual rights, Trump collective good rights. And they also do the reverse. They, they've they taken it outside of the con... I think they take things out... People take things outside the context they're intended. Um, I mean, you can look at the uh, whole argument about abortion, is it? On the on the moral and political grounds, because it does impact both. The idea that it should be governmentally funded is ridiculous. To say that the taxpayers should pay for a personal medical choice is just basic theft. If I walk into a bank and demand money, they'll ask me for my and give me money that I've earned that I've put there and I can go down and you know, get a shot or whatever I don't know I don't go no give me this other person's money so that I can go down and have get this shot. That's theft. There's 
no way around that. It's telling someone that you're quote unquote right, the ability to have access to abortion trumps their right to have a different view and then telling them, oh, by the way, you have to pay for it. That goes beyond just squashing or ignoring someone else's right. That goes into actual tyranny. Levels. It goes into it goes into I don't get how people think that that sort of thing is okay. There's a number of other different analogies I could give to make a Similar point, but I don't really think I need to. The point is that it's... There's a... There's certain things that are silly. There's a balance. There's There's an ideology out there that is just... It's not feasibly maintainable. If America wants to be considered a democracy in the way that it was designed, there has to be a more logical way to do things. All right, so jumping off of that, some some last thoughts. Uh, like I said, there's several different types of rights. I think we also confuse... We've muddled the idea that there's a difference between right and privilege. There are the inalienable inherent rights that come as being uh, part of this of humanity and then there's earned rights. And then I think there might even be a third where there's rights that are just good sense. They're 
not inherent, they're not. Earned, they're just. Ones that are good sense in order to. Help people be able to do things. I could term them freely given rights. Not to say that there's, not to say that things are free, but that it's not something that you earn, which is a right that you earn over time. It's not an inherent right, something that you're born with that's tied into humanity's worth and moral nature. I think the best way to distinguish between a right and a privilege, this may not be the best way, but this is the best way I could think of, is a privilege is something you're given, which is, or that you maybe earn, which is not necessarily required for your survival. Um, For instance, owning a car is not a right, it's a privilege. Or, you know, being able to drive your parent, being able to drive a parent's or sibling's car, or, you know, when you get, first get your license, that's not a right, that's a privilege. A right is different than that. It's like an earned right would be like the ability to vote, you know? Either when you are a citizen that's born here or you're a migrant and you've gone through the process of becoming a citizen. No, that's that's an earned right. You have to wait for it. It's earned. And then there's... the inherent rights but if you look at the uh, original founding of the constitution 
I believe it is. You you see some listed. Uh, I believe they're life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I, I note that it doesn't say acquisition of happiness. I think happiness is less acquiring things and more a state of mind. There's a ton of different ones that I could example, but I think those three or four are pretty good basic analogies. It's really not that difficult, people. You can... process it through we're smart enough to figure these things out in a relatively objective manner in a reasoned manner Don't believe this crap that people throw out that you or someone else is stupid or that they're just, or that someone is just wrong or that someone is evil or someone's view isn't valid for some reason or another. Be willing to listen. Have a little humility. Have have an honest conversation. It's okay to that it's okay it's okay to disagree. People don't have to agree in order to have a good discussion on on a topic or a number of topics. It's really not that hard. Really. So I encourage you guys to No, first of all, mind your mind your words, mind your labels. Make sure when you're using them you understand what they truly mean and that if you're using them to describe someone that it's honest and accurate and if it's not fully accurate clarify what part of 
of it fist that you're pointing to. And don't just lump things on people. Be willing to see that even though someone might fit part of a definition of a group, that they are an individual. Get to actually know them, converse with them. Because great things can happen when we do that. You get the marketplace of ideas. You, you can get things done, even if you disagree. I mean, you can disagree. People who stormed the beaches of Normandy, there might be people who would normally have hated each other or not liked each other's views. But because they had something in common. They were able to work together to achieve something. We need to be able to, we need to, be able to set aside our personal views, opinions, and differences. To accomplish and create something better. To leave things for the generations after us better than how we were brought into it. <laughs>